The parable Jesus shares with us today is really focused upon these, these grumbling workmen, and it's, it surprises me how often grumbling comes up in the Gospels. Um, I can really relate. I don't know about you. Um, I have a bit of a reputation for grumbling. I, I literally walked into the parish office this week and I heard a voice from around the corner going, oh, Father Cam, is that you? I recognize the sound of your grumbling. <laughs> um, but I was, I was thinking about the nature of grumbling and why we grumble and complain this week. And I, I remembered an incident recently while I was um, traveling with my pilgrimage group. I was in an airport queuing up to check in, I think in Barcelona airport. Um, and we were checking up, checking in for our flight, or we were hoping to check in for our flight whenever we got to the front of the line. And the line was huge, hundreds of people snaked all the way out that way, then all the way back in front of us, all the way there, and then kind of back and forth, as, as you know, those airport lines do. But because we were a group booking, there was 40-something of us all on the one booking together, that makes the check-in a little bit more complicated. So our leaders spoke to the airline staff, and they said, oh, okay, it'll be better for everybody if you guys just come through here and we do the group booking all together. So that meant that our whole group got to kind of cut straight through the middle to a different counter. And then some grumbling appeared. There were some people over here in the queue who were like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you getting in front of us? They were kind of screaming out at us. And I turned around and kind of started screaming back. And then I realized there's, there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to make them happy. But it kind of, I get why they were upset. We're all standing in the queue together. We're all waiting for this one thing. And, you know, standing in a queue isn't the most pleasant experience in itself. We're all waiting to get checked in so that we can then get on with our lives. And it appeared to them that we were getting the, this free ride to the front of the queue. We were getting something that they weren't getting. Therefore, it appears to be completely unfair. So I can see why they would get annoyed. It makes sense. We're getting something given to us that they're not getting. Seems unfair. What is a bit less reasonable, though, is the kind of grumbling we see in the gospel today. Because rather than grumbling for something that someone else is getting and I'm not getting, these workers that have been working from the start of the day, they complain because the other workers are getting the same as them. They've gotten the day's wage that they were promised. They've gotten the payment that they deserved. But they complain because they see somebody else getting the same. That's literally what they say. They say, you have treated them the same as us. And that's the nature of their complaint. Um, it's a little bit less reasonable. And there's something, there's something in them that whether a pride or a sense of competition or a sense of entitlement or something, that means there's this outrage that sprung up because of the kindness that the owner of the vineyard is showing to the other workers. Now, it may not be as reasonable as the other complaint that um, we can bring up, but I can still see myself as having this kind of complaint against others. <laughs> Even though I'm getting a good, a good deal myself, I can still complain because somebody else is getting a good deal too. Um, but what is this parable really about? I think Jesus isn't only trying to just reflect on grumbling to us. He wants to show us something about God, and what this parable is really about is God's generosity. In the, in the person of the owner of the vineyard, we see that God is abundantly generous. That not only giving the full day's wage to those who'd done the full day's work, who deserved it, he also 
gives those who'd done barely anything, who'd come at 5 p.m. and worked till 6 p.m., and he gives them enough money as if they had worked the entire day, as if they'd done a 12-hour shift. Very generous. Stupidly generous, almost. But we see that the generosity of the owner of the vineyard comes even before that, because we see how many times he goes out to look for new workers for the vineyard. He goes out at the start of the day, yeah, because he's got work that he needs done, and he offers them the opportunity to come and work in his vineyard. That's generous in itself. But then he goes out again three hours later, and he looks for more people because he wants to offer this opportunity to more and more laborers so that they can get a day's work in and they can get paid for a day's work. Then he goes out again at midday, and he goes out again three hours later looking for more and more people. Then he goes out again, even at the end of the day, And you'd imagine that after midday, there's not much return he's going to get for these people coming. They're not going to contribute very much to how much work is actually going to get done in the day. But he generously wants to offer the invitation. He generously wants to give them the opportunity of joining in the work of the vineyard. And so he goes out again and again and again. He does five trips down to the marketplace. I don't think he got any other work done that day because he's just been traveling back and forth the whole time because he generously wanted to extend the invitation. He wants to offer as many people as he can this opportunity to join in the work. And while Jesus is showing that that it's the owner of the vineyard's generosity, these workers that have been there since the start of the day, they're not able to see the generosity that even they themselves are recipients of. There's something going on that means that they can't appreciate the generosity being shown them. And it's something in their own attitude, something in their own hearts that changes the way that they see the master's um, actions. They think the master is being unjust because of this attitude that they hold themselves. And we can find ourselves looking at God's actions and doing just the same thing. We can think that why is God being so unjust? Why is God being so cruel? Or why is God ignoring me? Or why does God not care about those people? Or why does God not care about me? But we know that that's not God's nature. That's not who God is. That's something that we're bringing into our perception. That's something of our experience coloring what we see. That's something of our presumptions or our attitudes that changes the way we see things. The prophet Isaiah Speaking the word of God today says, My ways are above your ways. My thoughts are above, are beyond your thoughts. The ways of God can astound and mystify us sometimes. But we know that when we look at God's actions and we start to think that He's being unjust or He's being cruel or He's being unloving or forgetting about us, not caring about us, then we know that we're not actually seeing God's nature there. We're bringing our own interpretation to that. We need to open up our eyes to to see what God's really doing, to see what God's really like in this situation, in these actions. Because not only do these, these workers from the start of the day, not only do they fail to see the generosity of the master, but they fail to even enjoy that generosity for themselves. They're not only blocked from seeing it um, in the lives of others, but they go away unhappy at the end of the day. And so we can block ourselves off from actually receiving the good gifts of God 
because our heart's becoming bitter in this grumbling, complaining, oh God, what are you doing? Why are you working like that for them? Why are you doing this for them? Why are you not doing this for me? If we're not open to actually seeing the goodness, the generosity of God. So how is it that we can put aside these misconceptions, put aside these attitudes that are blocking us from seeing God's true nature and from receiving that goodness that God wants to show us, that generosity God wants to show us? How can we open up our eyes to see God's generosity and His goodness? And one thing is that we can really practice our faith and our hope. It's about being expectant. If we know that God is generous, then we expect Him to give us good things. We expect Him to lead us to good places. We expect Him to be at work, even if we don't kind of see His hand Um, in the situation at the moment. And so we can make our faith and our hope real and active by by believing that God is bringing about something good here, that God is giving me a gift in this situation, even if I can't really see what it is right now. But two ways in which we actually make our faith and our hope real, two ways I want to suggest to you that we can actually open up to this generosity of God. One is through being grateful. Grateful practicing gratitude and it's it's a, such a simple way to pray really I love praying this way I often start my day like this by just listing out a few things and saying thank you God for that and thank you God for that and thank you God for that it's so simple and the great thing about it is that not only do we we get to converse with God in this way and we open our hearts up in gratitude for the for the gifts that he's giving us but so often it actually opens us up to see even more the gifts that he's giving us because God's generosity always outdoes our awareness of it. There's always gifts that God is giving us that we're not aware of. He's always doing something good in our lives that we haven't yet perceived, that we haven't yet seen. And so when we start to say thank you to God for things, we'll find more and more things to say thank you to God for. When we foster this attitude in our hearts of being grateful to God, of saying thank you for for things, then we're going to see more things to be grateful for in our lives. But the other way that we can step into this generosity of God, take it up a bit more, is by asking for things. By asking for things boldly, asking for those things that we need, asking for the things that we want, asking for the things that might be somewhere in the middle that we think we need, but it might not actually be essential. Um, and okay, God might not answer every single one of our prayers. God, I really want to win the lottery next week and win $20 million. That might not be the plan that he has for you. But we open up our hearts to know his generosity. That's, that's practicing expectant faith by saying, God, I know that you have goodness in store for me. I know you have gifts that are beyond anything that I can imagine. So pour out your gifts upon me. Show me your goodness. I'd really like it if you showed me your goodness in this way or this way or this way. <laughs> Let's be bold in asking because that's making our, making our faith real. It's, it's stepping out in that hope that God gives us. Because when we do this, we can actually see God's gifts. We can know his generosity in our lives. And this changes the way that we can interact with God, the way that we can see him, but also the way that we can see his work in the lives of others. That means that we can suddenly become a church where we can celebrate one another's gifts. 
Instead of being envious, instead of grumbling about one another, we can celebrate what God is doing in somebody else's life, even if he's not doing that same thing in my life. It means that we can support one another and journey with one another in the ups and downs of of life that God takes us through. Whether we're on an up or a down at the moment, I can support you on whether you're on an up or a down at the moment. Because we're open to seeing and we're open to expecting and receiving this goodness and this generosity of God. And when we do this, we start to see a different sort of picture of the vineyard than what we see in in the parable today. We see that our church becomes a little bit more like a vineyard where everybody can work together. Whether we've been here working, plying ourselves in the vineyard since the start of the day, or whether we've perhaps come a bit later, we can work together and, and give our best effort. Whether there are some who are really strong workers and some who work really fast, or some who work really smart, or some who just work in their own peculiar way, in their own peculiar pace, we can all share our gifts and appreciate one another's gifts and celebrate one another's contribution in this vineyard. This is what it looks like when we can put aside this grumbling, when we can let go of those presumptions that cloud the way we see things, the way that we interact with one another, when we can truly be open to the generosity of God. Then we can truly... Um, receive the gifts that he wants to give us. We can truly celebrate those gifts in one another because we've actually taken up that invitation. We've taken up that invitation from the master to come and work in his vineyard and to be a recipient of his generosity and to live in that goodness of God. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.